since Sunday, December 8th, all the way to last year. We've read passages from the Gospels focused on the journey of ordinary people leading up to the birth of Jesus. Epiphany, today's Epiphany, Sunday, is recognized after Christmas as the revelation of God's incarnation through Jesus. That's Epiphany. In many cultures, like Latin or Latino heritage and numerous places in Europe, Three Kings Day is recognized January 6th, tomorrow. And different cultures have different customs and practices. One of the more child-friendly, similar to the Christmas of how certain kind of practices are done in these kind of holidays in the uh, many Latin cultures. Our children will prepare in a shoebox. They'll fill it with grass and leave it under the bed or by the Christmas tree so the camels can come and eat. Because it's a three wise or three kings coming by. And they've offered gifts, so they'll come and give more gifts. Mm. In Eastern Christian uh, settings, it's also the time to honor the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River as the revelation to the world that the Son of God is here. I want to share for a final time what may be considered a Christmas story, specifically an epiphany. Epiphany, a striking revelation experienced by three persons after they encounter the newborn king. And when they left their encounter, they followed a road that led them home. So that's the point of the, or, or, or the main act, the scene of the story that we're going to explore in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. An epiphany story. Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, 
in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then Herod sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I, I may also go and worship him or pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and worshipped, paid him homage. Then Opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country, and you're going to join me in the last three words, by another road. And I want to focus today on that last clause, taking another road. What, if any, realities in your life in 2020, as we welcome 2020, what next life roads ahead may end up different. What if you're facing another chapter in your life, 2020, that may involve receiving the nudging of God, a striking revelation that is asking you to take another road? Will you do it? Three wise men associated with astrology relied on their method, on their science, to follow the star and find Jesus. That right there is controversial for another year. So they rely on their method. It works. They find the child. But they encountered Jesus. And something happened. The text says they were overwhelmed with joy. There's something loaded there. Something happened to them that changed something in them. An epiphany. They had an epiphany. An epiphany that changed them in some way. In other words, God offered them a striking revelation. They relied on stars, astrology, and now non-Jews knelt down before the king of Jews. It's loaded. I'm just not going there this year. Next year, maybe. 
So, in a dream, a striking revelation, don't go back the same way you came. Don't go back to Herod, which is very risky. You're going to go home ultimately. You're going to find home, but it's going to involve changing course, change of plans. And their next road ahead was different, but it led them home. We will always need to belong to home, whatever that means. We all need to belong and be part of a home, spiritually, physically, just all of it. We all need home. And sometimes the way to get there, the way to feel whole, the way to understand and have meaning in life involves taking another road. As we welcome the new year 2020, and I, and I look at to my right so many of the next generation, and I'm aware that there's a few here too to my left. As you welcome 2020, as you're planning your life, as you're thinking about planning your life, how do we believe, meaning assuming we believe, how do we believe God continues to show up, granting us striking revelations that may include for your next road ahead, even if it means a difference in your original plan? How will we continue to live our lives, particularly when it involves different roads? Thomas Merton, an American monk, once pointed out that we may spend our whole life climbing the ladder of success only to find when you get to the top that our ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. <gasps> that is the most unnerving thing for an analytical, pragmatic planner like myself. My whole life working towards something, leading children, my own kids, do this, work this way. To then reach that point at the top and find out that the ladder was at the wrong wall the entire time? How unnerving could that be for ourselves, for our marriages, for our children, for our decisions, for careers? So I'm not providing you with a three-step formula for 2020, but I encourage you. But I want to encourage you to be deeply aware that there's a tension to live in. There's a tension. There's not a three-step formula. There's a tension to live in the entire journey. Between what? Between the known, what is known, what we know as certain, certain and the mystery of faith what we don't know. We live in that kind of reality, both. First, we are to build our lives centered in Christ. And when I say build, even think of a ladder if you want. We are building, we're shaping, we're molding our faith, building brick by brick. So it helps us to have parameters and boundaries, amen. But be careful that boundaries are not to mean boxes with shut lids. Careful. 
Secondly, we're to build our faith, but that does not mean faith is to dismiss or undermine reason. Faith is not the same as foolish thinking or irresponsible thinking. For example, having faith does not mean crossing a busy street on foot and texting. And then I'm going to add more to that. Crossing a busy street on foot, texting, while we know that many people driving are texting. That's not faith. That's just foolish behavior. There's no reasoning in that. That's not faith. That's irresponsible. That's foolish. Grace, the most valuable undeserving free gift is not the same as living a free-for-all. Holding tradition does not need to mean tying me into an undoable knot. And change does not need to mean that we go however the wind blows. Can you picture the tension? It's a little bit of both. And we're living in that tension between mystery, faith, and what we know to be certain, or our experiences that shape our knowledge and our understanding. The growth and how we take on the next year It's like taking on the next road, one step at a time. And we are to embrace, I guess, or accept or endure that your next road, every single time, has highs and lows, flats and plateaus, consistencies and changes. And to say one more thing about change, Change comes our way with and without our permission. Oh, that's awful. Most people may claim change is not welcomed in their lives because it's hard. For example, the bank calls you today informing you that they have found a need to make a change in your account without your consent. So we get ready, we huff and puff, get ready to fight. Once the bank gets a word in, they tell you, from this day on, we're going to deposit a very generous amount for the rest of your lives. You welcome change, don't you? (laughs) Often, not always, but often, change is not the issue. Control is. When we give the orders, When I set the boundaries, then I'm okay with any variance. The more we control, the more we comply. The more we're content, thus the more we're confident. So maybe the question is, how willing are we to take the next road when it's different from our known or original plan, or it's a little bit of that? I have plans, I'm trying to figure this out, I have some sort of frame, but there is, there is a step of unknown that I am to leap forward into. Will you? 
with whatever you love the most right now, whatever season you're in and you have welcomed 2020, what are you doing with those decisions? What are you doing with your life's hopes and expectations, aspirations and inspirations? What will we do? What does our level of willingness say about our sense of trust and faith in God? We need and we want many certitudes. We need and we want constants. And listen, we want insurance policies at every stage of life. But that's not going to happen. Not at every stage for everything. So, by trying to do that, we need to be careful because that desire then escalates by taking over and becoming all controlling needs, keeping us from further growth. We build strong faith so when we face change, we hold on. We stay on the road. We stay on course. And if, by goodness, we have to switch and go to another road, get take an exit and go another you do it. As scary as that may be. And we pass through it and we endure. There's always one situation in life we cannot fix, we cannot control, we cannot explain, we cannot change or even understand. We have roots giving us foundation and ground. I'm a believer. I stand on solid rock and not sinking sand. Those are roots. Those are my roots. So I stay on it. I build on that. And like standing on solid rock language, then growth stems and the branches grow and they grow all crazy in different directions. They multiply, some a little longer, some a little short. Think of a, of a tree. And then when it's time for the fruit to bloom, they're all unique. Do you see how it's a little bit of both? It's both. So much of life is growth, is learning how to ride a bike. You have got to fall a few times in order to learn what it feels like to have balance. It's both. Striking revelation. To have an authentic life in Christ, it calls us to a backward and forward process. I'm going to call it, it calls us to our foundation and to our future at the same time. That's an authentic life. Foundation, future. Foundation, future. What is your foundation? What's your future? How are you getting there? Seek revelation. Another striking telling reminder, Jesus Christ is the master of being our solid rock and is the master of change. Oh. How do I know that? Because I'm a sinner and I'm constantly asking for my sin to no longer be sin. Therefore, I'm constantly asking to be changed. Now, I love when you get changed for me because you're just awful, we may say. 
The world is with sinners, right? So we say, Jesus, you've come to this world so you can change him and her, right? But you and I are part of this world, so guess what? You and I are part of this matter. We are asking God to change our wrongs into purified, redeemed, correct? That's the kind of change we like. And it's hard, and you and I know that. We are a testament of that. Sinners being redeemed every day, being forgiven by our spouse very often, forgiving our children and being forgiven by our children. That's hard, but it gets us whole and it gets us home. So we do both. Striking revelation, there's wounding involved. Remember the wounds of Jesus. From baby to growth to the cross and the piercing of his hands remain visible to us. There's wounding in the process of authentic life. So as we face next road, whatever that may mean in your life, there's wounding involved. Jesus reminds us of that. And I begin to wrap up with this. To segue into Holy Communion. The most common one-liner in the Bible is do not be afraid. How interesting, church, brothers and sisters and friends, that in this life, authentic life that involves wounding, foundation and future, the one-liner most commonly found in the Word of God is, so don't be afraid. Plan, prepare, build your life, and be willing to leap forward in the mystery of faith. And as it is difficult and painful, may we not be afraid. I wrote this sermon on Thursday. I write sermons on Thursday. And then yesterday, I receive updates of which I shared with you during announcement. So I have a problem personally. Now I have to grapple with my own sermon. As a parent, as a leader, as a pastor, what is next for us? I just got here, guys. <laughs> so please know 
that in personal life, I have my own insecurities and realities as a parent, as a woman, as a person of hoping to be of good and saying, God, help us be courageous to not be afraid. Lead us. What's next for my life? What's next for my marriage? What's next for my girls? What's next for us? And then as a pastor, what is next for us? Let's not be afraid. This is real, as real as it gets. So I'm going to run and get my communion this morning. Because I don't understand what can actually happen from receiving communion. But that's the mystery of faith. And I'm going to leave it at the Jesus, at the feet of Jesus and say, I will do my best. I'm going to build my faith. I'm going to try and direct. I'm going to try and guide. I'm going to try and speak. I'm going to try to listen. But I don't know 100%. I can't fix it. I can't do it for you. I can't. But you can. For Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So we got to run to the Father. We got to stay with Jesus Christ. We got to stay on course. We got to stay on the road ahead of us. Stay on the road. It's not fair. Stay on the road. It's painful. Stay on the road. What if we fail? Stay on the road. Jesus heals you and will love you and will forgive you and forgive us. Let's stay on the road as you welcome 2020.